Today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're taking a look back at the Attitude Era. The good, the bad, and the nothing. What can we possibly say bad about the WWF's most successful era? It's going to be tough, right, Brian? No, not at all, because the Attitude Era stinks. Wait, 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 that's the wrong Brian, but yes, Brian Fury is here to eviscerate late 90s WWF, plus your promo about nothing is coming up, and so much more, but first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 107 presented by BDARadio.com. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, but he's now a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is, for the moment, the irresistible force. He is constantly the immovable object. He is the cash money boy, the kingpin. Brian Malonis. Cash money boy. What Did you spend all that cash yet? You got from Inside Edition? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, not not quite. All right. Uh, but but I, but I will say it's it is it is nice now these days in wrestling, uh, coming away from shows uh, with money in my pocket. That is very nice. That is yeah, very nice. Lovely. And you might as well just introduce him right here. He is the owner and proprietor of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. He is the owner and proprietor of Chaotic Wrestling. He is the firebrand. He is the mayor of Salem, New Hampshire. <laughs> Brian Fury. Hello. How are you both? Oh, I, thought, I thought Kane was the only mayor in wrestling, but... <laughs> he just won the primary. A lot of people got this wrong today on the internet. Or not today. Let's just record a couple days ahead of time. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Kane is not the mayor, Brian. Well, thanks for setting me straight. Well, that's good. Yes, thank you. Inside Edition... Has it aired? No, I told you, late May. We talked about this last episode. Okay, why don't you put the microphone by your face? It's by my face. All right, well, it's kind of like over here. Did you hear me? Yes, now I heard you. Oh, Thank you very fuck. much. You and those stupid headphones in your head? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, what's, the, what's the kid's name from uh, Something About Mary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you seen Michael's baseball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian. The Ring of Honor stuff going well? It's always going well, buddy. You're prepared for your return to Lowell, Massachusetts? I am prepared for my return to Lowell, Massachusetts. This coming Wednesday? Yes. We interrupt this podcast for a breaking news bulletin. The match has been announced this Wednesday. Ring of Honor's War of the Worlds, Lowell, Massachusetts, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. Brian Malonis teams up with his buddies, the Beer City Bruiser and ROH World Television Champion Silas Young. Six-man tag team match against Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yes, they are the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Evil and Sonata. 
and Tetsuya Naito. Yes, the same Naito currently feuding with Chris Jericho in New Japan Pro Wrestling will be in the same ring with our buddy Brian Malonis this Wednesday. Fake life stuff, but it will be Brian Malonis, the Beer City Bruiser, Silas Young versus Naito, Evil, and Sonata this Wednesday. Lowell, Massachusetts, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. Make sure you're there. I'll be there. Of course, the Kingpin will be there. Get your tickets now, ROHwrestling.com, and see this matchup that you you just thought you'd never see it was impossible a year ago improbable six months ago but it is happening Los Gobernables de Japón versus Silas Young the Bruiser and the Kingpin this Wednesday War of the Worlds Ring of Honor Wrestling we now return to our regularly scheduled episode the only place you're going to see uh, the Kingpin and Lowell this spring really yeah Brian Fury when does summer begin June 21st or something like that. So then, no, you will be seen in Lowell at some point in time in the spring. Oh, is the countdown in Lowell? June 1st, yep. Oh, okay. I thought the countdown was in Woburn. No, you, that's, that's a lie then. I just <laughs> lied. Got him. <laughs> For the first time in the history of podcasts, you lied. You're saying, ha, got him. <laughs> so yeah, June 1st, the chaotic countdown, big uh, news coming out of there, right, yes, Brian Fury? we will have a special guest GM for that evening, the one and only WWE Hall of Famer, Mick Foley will be in the house. Better stay out of my way. Hey, now. <laughs> what number? He's, what number is he going to draw? What do you mean? We'll find out that night, won't we? Oh, <laughs> in the countdown. Come on. <laughs> Come out of retirement. Well, McFoley's McFoul- not, but maybe Mankind or Dude Love or Cactus Jack is. <laughs> he gets three choices, right? <laughs> so, Brian, it's been what, about six months since you've uh, taken over the helm of Cactus yeah, Wrestling. Pretty much, yeah, getting there. What are you thinking? What's what's something you didn't realize when you took over a wrestling company, independent wrestling company? I mean, maybe not exactly how stressful it was going to be at certain times. Uh, now you know what adult was talking about, right? <laughs> no, not never to that level. Okay, um, but you know, it's just like say, have you ever have you ever met Drew Cordero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's uh, for me like I don't come from much. I don't have much, so there's a lot riding on every single show when you when you look at the numbers and you see only maybe a certain number of pre-sales a couple days ahead of the show and i'm like oh my god what am i doing wrong what's how come they're not there and they start kind of rolling in those last like two or three days to get the number that we're used to and i'm like oh okay you can like breathe a sigh of relief but there's a couple days in there where you're just like what is going on what am i doing wrong is is something is this bad like are they not reacting they're not liking what we're doing but, you know, so far, so good. You know, every show has been great and successful. And uh, hopefully these next two, a special Thursday night show that we're doing and then that Keanu Count. And hopefully those are those are big shows, too. So I'm very excited about what we have to come. And uh, fingers crossed everything's going to go as well as it has so far. Yeah, Thursday night show. He's working Wednesday. You got a Thursday night coming up. Welcome to 2018, Crockett. Wow, it's just the way things are going, huh? Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. People Can actually we- like wrestling, unlike you. <laughs> Well, I know what some people like. When the Kingpin got to 500 in the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. Yeah. Did How they? about that? People liked it. The Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut. Did you listen to last week's episode, Bri? Of course. Did uh, What did you think uh, of Mike's preparation for oh, this week's I, Dirt I'm, Sheet Shuffle? I was just about to say, I'm 100% with you. It really wasn't that difficult of a Dirt Sheet Shuffle at all. Kind of a uh, throwaway, if you ask me. <laughs> Lazy. Shoddy so, craftsmanship. So I guess if you missed last week's episode, uh, go back and go back and listen. We're giving you a great uh, promo here for it. Go listen to episode 106 of the Wrestling Podcast. There's plenty nothing. more on the episode besides just the dirt sheet shuffle, but I mean. Hey, is this the work or a shoot that we're doing here? 
Yeah, so it's a shoot, brother. Um, so yeah, I, the the I was really skeptical about the Scott Hall story because you know even though you're not scouring the dirt sheets, I know that was out there a bit. And I was like, ah. but I went with it, and you knew it. You know, you know, what I love every time we're on together here, Brian. Every time we have you on, and and you're not just re- you know doing fill in duty for me. I think about ten minutes into the episode, Crockett regrets it every time. Yes, <laughs> the two Brian's combined is too much for Michael Crockett to handle. Too much Brian Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, five hundred, and we'll see when that happens next time with the dirty shuffle. That's probably gonna go away forever now. You don't want to be on a losing end. That might be true. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what's going on. It's so goddamn hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Michael Crockett and his shoddy uh, workmanship over here, the fan and the air conditioner had to be turned off, and it is 90 degrees outside, and now it is a sauna inside this room. It is the warmest day of 2018 so far. Yeah. I yeah, will say that. My jeans are drenched wow. right now. Mm. <laughs> Picture that, everyone. <laughs> we'll be stripping gonna be, later. There is going to be a sweaty ass stain right on your couch, Brian. Okay, I'll just flip that uh, <laughs> flip that cushion over. Just like when Poppy peed on uh, Jerry's couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for providing the facilities once again, Brian Fury. For... I, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> really appreciate it. And... Uh, Brian Malonis, thank you for providing the Pro Wrestling Tea Store for the new Curtain Jerker WPAN T-shirt. Well, it's the old yeah. Curtain Jerker T-shirt, but but it's there now. Now it's in a uh, store that matters. <laughs> you can <laughs> access it through brianmalonis.com or just click the merch tab on thewpan.com and you can get the Curtain Jerker shirt as well as your Mastodon shirt and your other Kingpin shirt now in yellow yeah we gotta get that fixed we get, so the so their the writing is on the back too you you know you, you uploaded two and both of them uh didn't work correctly so i you know i uploaded one it worked perfectly you uploaded two both were wrong and you had to re-upload one so uh you know is it a whole world problem or is it a mike crockett problem let's i ask myself <laughs> that frequently see what happens when he asks to uh do wrestling stuff like on his own personal <laughs> time versus just company time <laughs> oh my goodness yeah what's well, less than 10 minutes in uh brian, brian Malonis and uh feeling the heat in more ways than one uh, <laughs> well you were late you've made it sit in 95 degree weather here and in, in brian fury's living room so you're batting a thousand right now buddy well uh why don't you make me feel better by going to the wpan.com that is the wpan.com and uh, check out the episodes you go there and subscribe to the podcast you can like i said purchase the t-shirt get our bios pictures photos the whole deal over at the wpan.com and between podcasts find us on the putting over podcast facebook group we talk about all wrestling podcasts there make sure you go on facebook put in the search bar putting over podcasts join and uh join the conversation over there talking about pro wrestling podcasts and a special announcement coming up about the uh putting over podcasts brand Oh, Brian Malonis. Okay, that's coming up. So stay tuned. Are you going to cut another promo in your car about it? <laughs> <laughs> to, to the uh, delight of no one. Yes. Uh, okay. Hangs with, hangs with Crockett. <clears throat> it is the good, the bad, and the nothing of the Attitude Era. And when I conceived this podcast, Brian Malonis, you conceived it. I- <laughs> 
<laughs> conceptualized, I guess is probably the better word. The conceiving is coming in a couple months. <laughs> no, the conceiving oh, already the conceiving happened. Already happened. Yeah, I don't think you know how this works. Are you sure, are you sure you're the father? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, All right. Anyway, when, I, when we came up with the idea, when I came up with the idea for this podcast, I said we had to have the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing joining us this week because brian fury has a special place in his heart for wwf's attitude oh, yeah, we're talking about attitude era right huh we, oh, the conceiving God. that crockett did happened all <laughs> night long <laughs> 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 oh god so well, you know probably like <laughs> probably like five or six minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the time now you uh, two, two pump jump that's what they call them back in the day quick trigger crockett uh, <laughs> that is not true <laughs> let's get your wife on let's ask her uh, she's she's busy um so anyway yeah attitude era brian fury you don't like it i've hate it so much the attitude era stinks so bad and we'll discuss that today my list as you can imagine is very heavy on the cons <laughs> a couple goods i don't really have a whole lot of nothing i ain't gonna i ain't gonna lie i, I don't i don't really know where, where, to, where to go from there but yeah i mean the bads i could just go on and on and on Okay, so we'll start this. We're going to have some stuff that's good, some stuff that's bad, and some stuff, nothing. When I say nothing, I'm kind of talking about something that was perceived to have value but didn't, or something that kind of turned out not to really matter in retrospect when it comes to the late 90s, the Attitude Era, WWF. So I think we're just going to go like down the line here. We'll do a good, a bad, and a nothing, and then we'll keep going in... Uh, rotating order so i'm gonna start with you brian fury because you said you had a huge list of bad things you got nothing good to say i want you to say something good start us off on the right foot something good something about good. the attitude era okay all right for me something good was they kind of uh it was the attitude era that eliminated squash matches i think and uh to me that i think that is good because it made each television show worth watching and you had to watch it you couldn't miss them Big time matches and, and, and big time match feel all the time instead of just nothing but squash matches and names going over jobbers every single week on television. See, I had that on my bad list. The Ooh. elimination of squash matches. Because I like the idea of seeing these guys at their best, seeing their finishing maneuvers, and you know, you know what you're going to get when these uh, two titans eventually clash. But without the squash matches... You just go in there cold against another established guy, and it's hard to establish finishers, establish uh, unique moves and holds in a match against another pushed wrestler. How so? It, it, they still do them. They still work. They still win the matches with the finishes. It's just they're doing it against somebody where it actually matters now instead of some nobody. Well, the, the one thing I was, which was a byproduct of eliminating the squash matches and changing the way television is, is kind of the the overexposure of guys, though, you know. And you, when you think about like Steve Austin, and you say, "Well, Steve Austin did it okay," but Steve Austin was really what was his run on Monday Night Raw where he was hunting on top? Like it's pretty short. 
when when you think it compared it to other guys who've been on top. So um, I, I think some of it has led to just overexposure of guys where you get sick of seeing them on TV all the time. You didn't see Hulk Hogan on TV every every week. And I know it's a different era, but at the same time, it, it's it's a stupid cliche now that we all make fun of, but there is some validity to the less is more kind of thought process. That's probably why, why Brock Lesnar is still looked at as such a special attraction. Perfect, perfect example, but he's one guy out of out of how many everybody else is on TV every single week. Like I love it when if you watch like an episode of Raw or something and you, and you don't see Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns for a week and there's no explanation for it. Like I love that. Just yeah, let them go away for a week. You know, people can't miss you if you're not gone. Yeah, I'm, I enjoy that as well. Back to the squash matches. You didn't get any perverse joy out of seeing like the Steiner <laughs> brothers just drop guys on the heads 50 times. Oh, don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching them now. Uh, and when I was a kid, I enjoyed watching them too. But once they were gone, I didn't miss them and I liked competitive matches more. What did you think about squash matches overall? Uh, you know, well, I mean, it's kind of led to the also the 50-50 booking that that Right. WWE is very really pretty famous for it at this point where there's very few guys who get established or wins over win after win after win after win where in that era you you'd see guys win on TV all the time and they would never lose. So, yeah, and you'd also get excited to see those those matches between two stars even if it was like 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 a Bret Hart versus Hakushi. Like you'd get excited about that. Is that a match you'd normally get excited over? Like, eh, probably not. Like, but because you never see it on TV, like it was something special. Like even those shitbag second tier guys like the salvatore sincere the goon alex the pug porto even they'd get wins so they were something when somebody like spark plug holly beat them you know what i mean so i enjoy the concept of a squash match i like you were part of a squash match brian fury i know it was (laughs) you and uh it was no, it, was, it wasn't you. It was Mike Testa. Mike Testa, yes. And uh, Ari Cohen. Yes. Two against one against Ryback. Yes. Manchester, New Hampshire. The squash match. It's good. It was great. It was fun. And, like, for instance, like, I know Braun was doing the same thing a while back. So, you know, some people do them here and there. And it's okay if there's, like, one an episode of Raw. Cool. I know, like, Asuka had a couple here and there. Like, okay. But an entire episode of squash matches and literally, like, no main event, just. No, thank you. I don't need that in my life anymore. <laughs> You're right, Brian. I may pass out here. It's See, so hot. You got water? I got I got water, but I'm sweating out twice as much as I'm taking in. All right, maybe we'll put the fan on <laughs> low. One second. Are you dying, Mike? No. <laughs> no? It's hot. All right, so where were we? That's a lot of talking for just one uh, one point so far. Yeah, so okay, we'll move like on to it. the next one. We'll move on to the next one. Squash matches are good. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you said no squash. Okay, whatever. You say good, I say I don't miss them. All right, Brian Malonis, yes. why don't you take us to the other side of the coin? I will. Something uh, that's bad. I'm going to say getting the F out was bad. Oh, all right. I still, from time to time, will say WWF in a slip. I miss, I miss it being the World Wrestling Federation. I miss it being WWF. I hate WWE. <laughs> like I don't really hate WWE, but I hate like the name WWE. Yeah. Like I miss the WWF. I want the World Wrestling Federation back because anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, it's just the WWE. It stands for World Wrestling Entertainment. People say the WWE, which isn't 
Correct. It, it, yeah, it, it's like when people used to say the WCW. Right. Makes right. no sense. It doesn't fit, but people still do it. And how do you feel, Brian Fury, about I this? I mean, I'm indifferent at it at, at this point in you time. You think it's nothing? I, I guess I would put it in the nothing category. At first, it was really weird and really strange, but now it's just kind of second nature. And to think, like, how long ago did this happen? Like, 20 years ago? Yes. So, the amount of people that watch wrestling now that never watched it as WWF is absurd, and it's weird to think about that, but it's, yeah, in the long run, it's nothing, but yeah, it sucks. Like, you think about growing up as a kid, always, it was WWF, WWF, and... Now it's just WWE. It's probably like 15 years, right? Like 2002 or three or something like that. I guess it happened towards like towards like the tail end, yeah, of the. <clears throat> Still I, wish it was the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, I agree, but I, <laughs> I think I, I would say it's more the f- the Fed. She's <laughs> 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 New York. <laughs> now you could say it's the E, right? Work, work for Vince. <laughs> Some people say the E, yeah. All right, so I'll I'll get into the nothing then, since uh, Brian Fury, you're a little light on the nothing. I will say. Medusa throwing the WWF women's title in the trash was nothing. I mean, that title back then kind of was trash. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was It was basically just like another little nudge. It really didn't mean much. I mean, it's played up big in like, what is the uh, the Desire video? Yes. And, and uh, WWF That's back in the day. That's a good video. It's a fucking <laughs> tremendous video. We talked about that with uh, Warbeard Hansen. Yes. When he was waiting backstage to have his first dark match and he was watching that video. Yeah. Imagine watching that and then going out and being the first person they see. <laughs> Amazing. But well now they might now they might be excited. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe slightly more, but yeah. Uh yeah, I just think that I mean it's something that happened at WCW, but it was supposed to be a shot at the WWF, but I really think uh it really didn't mean that much. It was But it came into play later on. It was a big part of the scare tactics of making sure Brett lost the title and, and whatnot before he appeared on WCW programming type of thing. Like It did come into play later. It wasn't just a complete nothing. It's also why Lundra Blaze got in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Pro- probably, yeah. It was a big moment. <laughs> it was the most well, memorable thing she did. I mean, it's a big moment, but at the same point, it's Medusa. It's a Lundra Blaze. She went in as a Lundra Blaze. <laughs> she, she did. Yeah, Medusa's not, not a Hall Medusa. of Famer. Yeah, Lundra Blaze. How long was she at Lundra Blaze? Isn't like, Diesel two in the Hall of Fame, but not Kevin Nash? No, it's no, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. Oh, okay, that's what it yeah. is. Razor Ramon's in the Hall of Fame, but not uh, Scott Hall. Very strange. So yeah, Alondra Blaze, not Medusa. All right, so let's go back the other way. Brian Malonis, something good about the Attitude Era. I'm going to say the rise. Uh, this will play in, Brian. This will, this will be a good plug for uh, the Chaotic Countdown on June 1st. Okay. I'm going to say the rise of Mick Foley culminating in his championship win it was in Worcester, right? It was in Worcester, Worcester. Yeah. That moment, even though I was a big rock fan, that moment is awesome. It's chill-inducing if you watch it now. But just the rise of Mick Foley from, you know, from being Cactus Jack in WCW and being in ECW and that Mankind character, which which was a good character, but I don't know if I ever would have seen seen it as the World Wrestling Federation champion. But the rise of Mick Foley is is a good thing that happened in the Attitude Era. Mick Foley winning the world title. Yeah, that'll put butts in the seats. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you would agree with this since he is a part of your show coming up. Well, yeah. I mean, I think um, it was awesome. He was kind of like 
the everyman. Yeah. Even though he really wasn't in any way, shape, or form the everyman, he was a lunatic that was willing to do anything to his body. <laughs> big ass dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underratedly very big. Yeah. Um, but willing to put his body through more pain than anybody I've ever known to get where he wanted and stuff, and, and, and I respect the hell out of him for it. And I think it was a great story, especially the way that it was all told through him going through his different personas and whatever else, and then kind of just settling on being Mick Foley or Mrs. Foley's baby boy, as <laughs> JR would say, and, and, and seeing him win that title um, was really, really awesome. That interview with, with JR yeah. that they did, like that was, that was great stuff. And the whole story just of Vince not being sold and JR having to sell him on bringing in Mick Foley and, and they all had to give him a new character and all this stuff. And just the, yeah, the fact that he just rose up from being basically just a guy that's hired as a favor to be the WWF champion. Yeah, there have been a couple, I mean, you know, maybe somebody will probably get into later, but same kind of story for Austin, essentially. Like, it's kind of funny how life works out like that. Yeah. Would you say that Daniel Bryan is like the modern day Mick Foley in that he is the one that the fans really have a personal connection to? No, I can, I can see that. I can totally see that. I think um, it's funny because people on the inside know that it's not necessarily that, but that's the way he related to the people and the people kind of took him in as that. He's always been like a super workhorse work horse and he was known in the independence as like having the best like work rate and he was a super great pro wrestler but i think when he got there his size and stature really is what made the people fall in love with him and became the everyman he was the ultimate underdog and just kind of like how mcfoley was the underdog in terms of the fact that he wasn't in the same kind of shape as everyone else he looked different than everybody else so yeah the whole the whole storyline the deadly games tournament with him and then with the rocks turn like it was it was really well done i thought it's a deadly game <laughs> one of the worst pay-per-view songs of all time <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember that one is that was that written specifically for that show oh yeah okay so it was a jim johnson special deadly game <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking of bad things <laughs> We're going to send it to you, Brian Fury. A list of thoughts. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to really have to narrow it down here. Something out, that's bad about the Attitude Era. Figure out, let's see, which one of these would I want to go with? What do you want to lead off with? All right, let's go with this. I know this is a uh, Malonis favorite here. Oh, no. Uh, um, no, you actually dislike this. Oh, okay. Uh, the Attitude Era is the birth of heel authority figures Ugh. in professional <laughs> wrestling <laughs> the attitude era created one of the best characters ever in mr mcmahon but it also in doing so created heel authority figures that still to this day run rampant in professional wrestling <laughs> and it is miserable one of the one of the most disturbing things to me uh, uh, of of all the things i was upset about with chaotic wrestling when i left that might have been the thing that upset me most, the fact that there was an authority figure <laughs> that was implemented after after my days of booking there. A, a GM, yeah. <laughs> but not a heel GM. Not a heel, no, not no. A heel GM. But no, he's yeah. fine. He's calls uh. right down the middle, and, and you know he's just there if we need him for certain things. But yeah, the heel authority figures and just uh. authority figures in general really... It's gross. Really, <laughs> thanks to the Attitude Era... Like That's what we're stuck with still even now. Nothing's changed. Because everybody just tries to recreate Mr. McMahon character from that era, which you cannot duplicate because for all the shit people talk about Vince McMahon, the guy was an unbelievable performer. Like, un like he is one of the be best performers of the Attitude Era. Like, bar none, you cannot ar inarguable. Like the best heel probably of the of the entire Attitude Era. 
Yeah. It could be uh, one of the good things on our lists. Yes. Um, what do you have to say about authority figures, Michael Crockett? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> what we consider, besides Mr. McMahon, Brian Fury, what we consider to be the best authority figure? Oh boy, of all time or just in general? Yeah, of all of well, of the, of this era, I okay, guess. Okay, of this era, it's hard to say because they were all the same. They were all like heel authority figures. Like Eric Bischoff was the heel authority figure in WCW, which later joined the NWO and all that stuff. Like, which in, in the crux of it makes no fucking sense because they would just cook the books all the time. It makes no. It always would make no sense when somebody was actually able to get one up on Vince McMahon. <laughs> like it made no sense, but. Right, and then when Vince Russo went WWE, he became an on-air heel authority figure too. It's just in this era there were no good authority figures really. They were all heelish. They were all you know whatever. It was just I guess when Ric Flair, this might have been even after the Attitude Era technically, or still there when he was there and owned Monday Night Raw when they did the split or owned part of WWE type of thing like. At least he was kind of like the babyface authority figure, and they're the first ever draft, and he was drafting for Raw and stuff. Like, okay, that worked, and there was kind of some balance and whatnot. But I mean, overall, like, I don't. It's, I don't, it's a lazy booking crutch uh, yeah. at, at this point. Like, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a lame excuse to be able to do anything you want. Yeah, I don't enjoy the authority figures. I grew up with Jack Tunney on television, but only once in a great while, when necessary and needed. Which is what I think. If you're gonna do an authority figure type thing, that's what it should be. Okay. It's uh, back to Brian Malonis, the kingpin now. What do you got for nothing for the Attitude Era? How about Steve Blackman? (laughs) (laughs) Head cheese! Is Steve Blackman not like the ultimate, like, nothing of the Attitude Era, though? Like, he was... If you took Steve Blackman... And and if Steve Blackman listens to this podcast, I'm very sorry. But nothing. not talking about his work. I'm not talking about anything. But if you just took Steve Blackman out of the Attitude Era, like, he never, like... Oh, I don't hold on. I almost just I almost just said something bad. I almost spoiled something a lot of people might have been upset about. But oh, if you just a certain film, <laughs> yes. But if you just made him disappear, like Steve Blackman never was born, he never existed. In in terms of pro wrestling, net zero impact. What about those glow sticks, though? <laughs> when he would <laughs> flick him with the lights out. Did you say net zero impact? Like yeah, the, like the old internet provider? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a negative impact. He wasn't a positive impact. He was ultimately like just zero. Like he had no effect being there. He, it would have had no effect had he not been there. Come on, hardcore champ. Exactly. <laughs> I think everyone held the hardcore title. Jack Dones, a former hardcore champion. <laughs> Head cheese with uh, Chester McCheesington at WrestleMania. Chester Frenicola? No. <laughs> no, we reviewed that. It was WrestleMania 2000? It was one of those. Yeah, I think it was 2000. Yeah, no, it was bad. I went to a Raw in uh, Durham, a taped Raw, where Steve Blackman wrestled one of the Bariquas. The match really wasn't good at all. And they did the next match, and then they came back out and said, the Bariqua was like, I demand a rematch. And so they did the match over again and just used clips from the two matches on the tape from the Night Raw. That's how bad it was. <laughs> but together, combined, yeah. Oh, yeah. was combined? it combined? <laughs> Is it combined? <laughs> was it a good match? Uh, no, it still wasn't a good match no. combined. Right. <laughs> just better than each one was individually, but yeah. All right. Uh, so back to me for something good. Something good. About something the Attitude good. Era. I will say the fact, I mean, it's a little bit of a takeoff of something you said, but the fact there was real competition, the fact you had an equal, you had WCW, and with that comes people jumping 
from promotion to promotion, which I mean, they try to recreate with the Raw and SmackDown thing. It kind of rings hollow to me. But just the fact, you know, Jericho coming over to Raw was a huge, huge moment. The Radicals, all four of them coming over to Raw was a huge moment. The fact that there's real competition, people going back and forth between these two companies, that was a great thing about the Attitude Era. I agree 100%. I thought it was awesome when, you know, you wonder who would be the next person to go, like starting to kind of see some of the inside stuff of pro wrestling in this day and age. Like you can kind of learn when certain people's contracts were up type of thing. So you wonder if they were going to go or not go and see how different companies would use different people in different ways. Like it was pretty neat. Very neat. The debut of what? The Paul White? (laughs) That's Paul White! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it it was great because it it led to a, like it left an element of unpredictability, which is good when when things aren't predictable in, in pro wrestling. Although, I do, I do think I saw people bitching about WrestleMania because it was unpredictable, <laughs> but um, it, it led to, yeah, it felt it felt unpredictable, and um, when guys jumped, it created these new rivalries that you, these dream matchups you, you wanted to see. Like, AJ Styles made his debut in the Rumble a couple of years ago. I mean, that was something. It was huge. We all popped here. Yeah, but it just didn't. It doesn't have the same impact. If well, impact, get it? I see what you uh, did there. If <laughs> he was coming from you know someplace like a WCW, it's just. But it's no, it's it still has a huge impact. Just for instance, um, Jericho when, that first time his promo was on the New Japan thing against Kenny Omega. You don't think that was like a huge thing? It was. It was huge on the internet. I mean, I wasn't watching it live. It was. But. It was big. I wasn't watching it live either. But it was huge. Wasn't it like four in the morning. That's or all something? anybody talked about for like a day and a half, two days. Like it was huge. Like it's still there, just not to the same level. New Japan is big. Ring of Honor is big. Stuff like that. It's just they're not as big as WCW was. You're fucking right. Ring of Honor is big. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The bad. We go back to Brian Malonis. Something bad about the Attitude Era. I'm going to say, in retrospect, because I I was a teenage boy at the time with hormones raging. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But looking back at it, the treatment of women in the Attitude Era is very degrading. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, somewhat degrading. (laughs) Somewhat? (laughs) Somewhat? Seemingly. Seemingly, no. You know, the the turkey, the the Thanksgiving (laughs) gravy bowl matches and... Things of the like, you know, as a as a thirty uh, six year old dad of a of a beautiful little girl, no, it it, it <laughs> it's it's horrendous. It's you watch some of that stuff today, and it's cringeworthy. Like yeah. it just doesn't does not hold up well, and it's it just it really it, it's cringe inducing. Like it's rough, some of the stuff that Vince McMahon would make Trish Stratus do. Like, oh my god! When when was that? What year was that 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 happened? The walk was like that a slightly dog? past like the a dog attitude era. It might have been, but yeah, still, like I don't. It was. It was awful. It was it was horrendous, and you see the way you know you see the the women's wrestling of today, and you know, and and and, and we can drop a name here. I mean, she's somebody we've had conversations with, mm-hmm. Sasha Banks. Yep. Um, she never wanted to be that, but that's the wrestling she had to grow up watching. She had to grow up watching that era of women of women's wrestling, and you know, to her credit, she never settled for that. It's uh, like, how do you decide to get into wrestling as a woman? While you're watching Braun Panty matches on yeah. Monday and Thursday nights or whatever it's it was. Horrible. 
Yeah. That is miserable. It was it was so much bad, bad, bad stuff. And then like they do the special guests like the Miller light girls that taste great, less filling oh, girls on the, things. Yeah, the yeah, they had the cat fight at like one of the WrestleMania. Yeah, like or it was just it was just an afterthought and just something degrading. Yeah, it was just <laughs> something to try to get people to kind of watch and the different things that like Sable would do or Sonny would wear or Jackie, Terry, like all of them, like in that era. And it's just yeah, it's just it's weird to look back at now. It was truly a knock on on a woman in that era who if you could actually wrestle. Like it was it was like a bad thing, I think, if you're a woman in that era who could actually wrestle because they didn't want them. I mean, and and we kind of know, we kind of know from like insider baseball type stuff, but from women that we knew trying to get there and that they didn't want their, you know, their matches and their they they wanted their women to look like a burlesque show. And I guess I guess it's a little bit beyond the Attitude Era, but and they wanted their their matches to look like a cat fight. They didn't want it to be a clean professional wrestling match. Cat fight, <laughs> <laughs> or just like you know, if you, like you hear like you hear like Jerry Lawler's commentary from, oh, from those days, and it's God. like it's vomit inducing. I remember we were backstage once when. Uh, the Divas competition was going on, and I remember Rob Schneider was there. I don't know if you guys were there for this time, but Rob Schneider was there to officiate the Divas competing in some sort of. Uh, they're in some sort of like bouncy house thing, like trying to what? knock each other, <laughs> trying to knock each other off with like you know big sticks and stuff like American Gladiators. Yeah, big sticks. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, and just the attitude of everyone backstage is like, yeah, some of the broads out there to do their thing and hopefully it'll be quick and like no one cared about it. Ugh. And it's just... Yeah, and, then, and then Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling and... <laughs> Thank goodness. The rest has been history. <laughs> Tarzan Taylor's rolling over in his grave and he's not even dead. <laughs> Crockett, what about the night Kimona wanna lay a dance to top the ECW arena? <laughs> yeah, ECW's impact on the Attitude Era. We oh, what, what, what's what was ECW's impact on pro wrestling, Mike? It was a net negative. <laughs> just look at the roster of ECW. How many of those people are gone now or just... You don't believe in personal personal accountability? I... No? no nothing, nothing? No wiggle room there for you? <laughs> people aren't responsible for their own actions and what they put in their own bodies? Hey, it's just, it was just the, the culture that was created in ECW is oh, you had to satisfy these rabid fans. I really hope Mike never get, gets hooked on drugs. <laughs> it's going to be a bitch to get him off. It's going to be everybody else's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was the podcast, man. It was the culture of our podcast. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so you, you don't have any nothing on your list? No, I have one. Okay. Brian Fury. GTV. <laughs> gtv is my one nothing that i can really think of like it was interesting it was neat it, but in long term grand scheme of things it's absolutely nothing it's it was nothing yeah it was like uh never officially found out what it was all that stuff i mean everybody kind of thought the same type of thing but it was nothing it was never officially announced Pritchard revealed it right. right what it was supposed to be the same type of thing that i you know we kind of thought it was but yeah it was just See, I thought they did reveal it. For some reason, I thought that it was something to do with Mosh and or, or Chaz and uh, Thrasher, whose name is Glenn Ruth. I thought they did something where it was Glenn TV. It was it was Glenn Ruth who had exposed Chaz and his uh, 
you know the the one who played his mother when he was beaver cleavage which should be under bad but um i thought it was something to do with that i I thought they did reveal it was a shitty reveal if that was it but i thought it was glenn tv i have no (laughs) recollection of this did but you it, dream this? I think I did. I must have because Mandela uh, effect for wrestling for Michael Crockett. Yeah, because even the Bruce Pritchard, who uh, is 100 percent truthful, he says it was Gold Gold Dust TV. Right? I always thought it was going to be something to do with Gold Dust. Yeah, that's you. the way it seemed to like it was going. But then something happened. You became a, you a guy in white face. Fourteen times you got yeah. fired. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Brian Malonis, something good. Ooh, I get to go back to the good. Yes. So this this is where, and I kind of asked you before, like where where are we starting the Attitude Era? Because I kind of guess this maybe was, I don't know if it's, it's officially Attitude Era, but I feel like it was kind of the the kickoff at least, and that was Bret Hart's like 1997, which Whoa. was I, I, I'm very critical of Bret Hart. I'm not a Bret a huge Bret Hart fan, but his heel stuff was so awesome so fantastic and it really was like the catalyst for the the mr mcmahon character it was one of steve austin's first really big things he did um so if it if it's technically not part of the attitude era it's a big catalyst for the attitude era i think things were starting to get hot and turn towards that because at the same point in time is when dx kind of started getting hot too and so I don't know, maybe they say Mike Tyson coming in was like the unofficial beginning, but I think this is kind of like where the seeds were planted and stuff. And yeah, Bret Hart's heel run here was absolutely amazing. Still remember to this day, the finals of the European tournament. It was Owen versus Bulldog, and they were kind of a team, but fighting because they were the finals, and Bret comes out and kind of gets them to make up, and he hugs them, and he has this look on his face that's like the heel look. Like It is so awesome when he's like looking at the camera while... You know, Owen and Bulldog are like really embracing him, like lovingly. And he has this like evil sneer on his face. <laughs> it was fantastic. And the climate at the time was so awesome where he was a heel in America and like a super heel in America, but like loved everywhere else in the world. Which to me, like the, the, the grounds of that is kind of babyish. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm really beloved. I can't be heel everywhere else. It's just in America. I don't like American fans, but I'm too beloved everywhere else to, to turn heel. Like, I, like it's based in something stupid, but at the same time, it's actually really unique and cool. Uh, but I don't think that was the basis behind. Like, I don't think that's why Bret Hart wanted to do that. I don't think that. I don't think he said, "Wow, this would be really cool if we did this." I think it was just he really didn't want to turn dirty. Right? Did, did you see all those else. kids in India in wrestling with shadows? <laughs> hit man! Hit man! Hit man! Hit man! You remember that? Come on, he's beloved everywhere. Hey, if Hulk Hogan can turn heel, anybody can. Hey, Bret Hart got more fan mail than Hulk Hogan back in like, like eighty five. Right? <laughs> I think did Tarzan bring that up last yeah, time. Was yeah, on? yeah. Uh, I think I did mention on a recent podcast that Bret Hart was. Was like to me one of the most important people of of the era. He was like like you said, Brian Malonis. He was like the the catalyst for everything that was to come with Mr. McMahon, with yeah. Steve Austin. So. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, you know you often wonder like what would happen if he never if he never left. Like I wonder, I wonder how different things would have turned out. And but it, it would have been a, a, like a like a heel a continuation of the heel Bret Hart in in the Attitude Era with more maybe potentially more stuff with Stone Cold Steve Austin and and maybe with Shawn Michaels gone uh, with the Rock at some point yeah time, I'm sure with the Rock it would have been so cool it would have been there was so much cool things there were so many cool things that could have been done 
But he went to WCW and uh, sad trombone. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of sad trombone, something bad in the attitude era. It's back to me, and I will say, kind of building on what was what I was just talking about with ECW, hardcore wrestling and just the wrestling of the era in general was very poor. I have that on my list as well. I have this. There was almost no wrestling. You can't name. A single memorable match from like WrestleMania like fourteen to like seventeen. Like well, that's just because of my memory, bud. Well, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what you had for lunch, but there's like there's moments. Attitude Era had moments, but they didn't have. It wasn't matches in wrestling. It's just moments. Yeah, I mean, like I'm racking my brain right now. <laughs> besides the match you mentioned, where mankind wins the championship. Yeah, uh, I mean Austin beating. But that, again, that wasn't a great match. So it was I, I get I get Brian's point of the, right. There wasn't great matches. There were great. There was great moments. Yeah, I, everybody I, remembers like the beer truck. Everybody remembers like this is your life. Everybody remembers like Mystic Man getting hit with the bedpan. Like all these moments and things. But matches they weren't the forefront of a professional wrestling show. And that is that is the basis really of why I truly hate the Attitude Era is that. Wrestling 100% took a back seat to everything else. Re- wrestling or good statement. wrestling? Wrestling in general, but definitely good wrestling. I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. I, I, I do think that's a, that's a fair point. And the hardcore wrestling, just the headshots, so. the garbage. You're still like, so upset about the headshots. <laughs> yes! I would, look. A lot I, of people I, are hurt. I've been out of wrestling for a year and a half. I would rather take a chair shot to the head 10 times out of 10 over one to the back. Yeah, I'm right there with you. One to the, the back, back hurts sucks. so bad. It's the fucking take, worst. I'll take one to the head, no problem. One to the back, <laughs> screw you. Without fail. Every time I've ever been booked to like get beat up with a chair and like take multiple shots right to the back or something, I take one and nope, nope, no fucking more. A roll out or something. Crockett, jump <laughs> off of a roof and do a flat back bump into a pool, and that's what it feels like getting hit in the back with a chair. <laughs> I took one chair shot in my life. It was the plastic chair, but <laughs> it was on a show. It was uh, a folding chair, at least. Yes, it completely. Uh, you think it was like a lawn chair? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was completely shot on me. I had no idea it was coming, but I was uh, hit with the. Oh, back of so it. was it work or was it a shoot? <laughs> it was indeed a shoot in NWA New England. New England. Uh, the, the Brotherhood running wild. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happened. I wouldn't just shoot a chair shot on a ref. <laughs> heat brother that's good heat <laughs> all right so moving on to the nothing and was brian is it me yeah do you got any you got more nothing i do i, I got another one i, I i'm gonna say and, and i guess i guess i don't know you guys might argue it belongs on the bad but i i think it belongs on the nothing that's the brawl for all like it's it, Great theme music, <laughs> <laughs> which is used for like if you watch sometimes some like TV bumpers on like different networks today, you'll you'll, you'll occasionally hear that uh, that music. Very like, true. WWE has like sold that music off to TV stations. Or no, something. it was it was that it was like a generic music a that generic they bought. Music. Oh, really? You hear like hardcore Hollies. Yeah, hardcore music Hollies too. is on the something. Hardies. Yeah, music yeah. is like generic. Just uh, yeah, music that you can oh, buy. Interesting for purchase. Yeah. I figured it was the other way around, but. Yeah, I, I said the brawl for all was a was a nothing. Like I think it was supposed to be a big thing, and and it really was not. It was supposed to be the the what the jumping off point for Doctor Death and Bart Gunn kind of took it by storm. And then a lot of people kind of forget that the the whole fight with Butterbean was like how long after the brawl for all was it had been long for, <laughs> forgotten. It was months after that. I'm pretty sure. 
on the lines with the hardcore wrestling. This is just a lot of unnecessary injury. A lot of people got hurt. Yeah, it was a lot stu- of people. It got was hurt. stupid, and it was, but it was nothing. It's, it's like, I, I, how many people actually even remember it? Do a lot of people remember it? I mean, it's been talked about a lot of like podcasts, especially. Yeah, thank goodness Steve Williams got hurt in that. I would not want that piece of shit to get a push in WWE. <laughs> What's wrong with Dr. Death? Complete dirt bag. No regard for anybody else he's ever wrestling with. Just hurts people left and right. Like, good. I'm glad he got hurt in that. He was a piece of trash. Well, that was that happened a lot in the 80s and 90s. People just having disregard for people's bodies. Did it? Yes. A lot of people just get injured from stuff like that? From stuff like what? Just throwing people right on their head for no reason? Yeah, he can. I said the Steiner brothers before. The Steiner brothers would kill guys, give them that that uh that suplex into a pile driver and just drop guys. See the uh, the Beverly Brothers that gif that's always going around with them spiking a dude on that's his freaking that head. Guy's fault if you watch that one. <laughs> well, well it's happened the, more the, than the once. Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be rough on people. Jobbers. Just take take advantage of people that they can. There's take some here and of. there, but he would do it to everybody. He got signed by WCW after like that the whole failed WWF thing, and watch some of his stuff there. It's ridiculous. He did like this thing against like the LWO, where he just legit just throwing people like right on their heads. He hurt like four people in one segment once on Nitro. <laughs> to watch that segment, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pull up the network right now. Uh, okay, Brian Fury, let's calm you down a little bit and talk about something good, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got two two other things here in the good. Um, Hit me with both of them. We're wrapping up here. All right. Well, the first one is going to be the television show format. I don't mind talking about the squash matches like I was earlier. I'm talking about kind of how the run of Raw is. So opens up the promo, kind of set things up. Set things up within a little mini angle that's going to play out throughout that one episode of Raw versus just only long-term storylines. Like I really enjoy the television show format that kind of started in the Attitude Era. And my other one is um, the amount of talent and the consistency of top guys at the top. So you had people that were top guys and stayed top guys versus now they kind of go up and down. Like Sheamus was a heavyweight champion like twice. Does anybody remember that? Like, no, because he's just kind of like floundering in the tag division. I'll tell you why, because he wouldn't won like the u.s title afterwards <laughs> oh, it. Jesus. And like Dolph Ziggler and different <laughs> things like that like they're up they're down they're up they're down and attitude era like you could kind of slot in any one of like nine or ten guys into a main event any month and they were always credible and believable and they were just they stayed top guys you take her rock austin angle like all these people that were there and stayed there some of them are still top guys today <laughs> let's go back to your first one brian malonis how do you feel about the 20 minute promo to start each and every edition of I, raw i don't think that's what he's saying i think you're taking what brian i think Perry it sounded like he started in your promo at the beginning of the show <laughs> and you're bastardizing it no he was saying the <laughs> self-contained one night angles that you, you didn't really see a lot of before then. Uh, no, the twenty minute promos stink. <laughs> but <laughs> it depends. Sometimes, yes, they're they're literally nothing. Other times, there's noteworthy stuff and and some cool stuff in there that happens, and you're like, all right, it really sets things going. But other times, it's just talking for the sake of talking. All right, Brian, a lot of something bad. 
The Factions. <laughs> Gang oh, yeah. Warfare. Oh, my God. The DOA, Los Periquas, <laughs> The Nation, DX. Like, just the, the amount of Ministry, factions. the corporation. Yeah, the corporate then ministry. combined to the corporate ministry. <laughs> Holy fuck. Just all these factions, some of which just didn't matter at all. And then some of them are so big. You got all these, like, nothing members of them. I mean, WCW is doing it with the NWO where they, they bastardized the NWO because it was 74 guys. That was it. one faction. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the factions. Like, it was just so overdone. Like, just too much. Too many of them. It was stu- the whole gang warfare thing was kind of dumb. You agree, Brian Fury? One hundred percent. It was it was right on here on my cons list as well. <laughs> Nothing but factions is what I wrote. <laughs> That's all there was. Okay, so I'm going to uh, we're getting into, like the lightning round here. For nothing for me, I'm going to say Vince Russo. We're talking about the Attitude Era. We're talking about WWF. Right well, before he went to WCW and went completely wild and didn't have anyone to rein him in, in WWF, he had some good ideas. I mean, if you listen to him, all the ideas were his. But Vince Russo in WWF was contained. He was under Vince McMahon, obviously. And a lot of good stuff came out of Vince Russo in WWF. No, yeah. I mean, I agree. Like... I don't know if he's a nothing. He he was a big part of a lot of the stuff in the WWF. But he's also like looking at my list. He's a big part of the reason like why there was just moments and not wrestling. He was a big part of like the different characters and stuff that were there that were still just ridiculous characters. Everyone wants to talk about how the attitude era was when people became real and there wasn't any more like hokey gimmicks anymore. But the attitude era is plenty of the same thing, hokey gimmicks and, and, and stuff like that. It's just instead of someone being a you know, a garbage man or a plumber, they were like a pimp or a porn star. It's just the same <laughs> same difference. Uh, with dripping cum shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I was saying about Russo though being nothing is that he's a net nothing. Like he was terrible, over the top, couldn't get away from him in WCW, and then WWF, he had some good moments, but combined combined Doing a lot of combining tonight. I would say it's like a net nothing. He didn't uh, cause waves either way. When you weigh the entire, uh, in the entirety of his career, Michael trying to save his argument of Vince Russo being nothing right now. By the way. <laughs> Fighting with every got, he got eviscerated him. by Brian Fury there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me something good. Your last good, and then we'll end on a final bad right. for Brian well, Fury. Well, I, th- I think Brian Malone. We'll do the obvious. Austin versus McMahon. Yeah, like we'll do it. We'll do. I mean, I think we have to. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think you can talk about the good of the Attitude Era, and and not talk about Austin versus McMahon, which was fantastic. It was it was it was awesome. And if you listen to like the Bruce Pritchard podcast, they for the whole build up to to it, a lot of it, it wasn't like it was a plan. It just like they didn't even realize what they had until they were already into it, so that's kind of crazy. But it, it was, it was tremendous. It was, you know, and I and I am not a, a Steve Austin. Like Steve Austin was never my favorite wrestler. I never owned an Austin three sixteen shirt, but um, the Austin McMahon stuff was what kept you tuning in every week. We talked about last week. You know, is Montreal a work or a shoot? The people that say it's a work, it's because it's so perfectly transitioned into Vince McMahon being a heel and then the whole Austin McMahon thing. So that's kind of why that Montreal thing is in question. But he just yeah. took advantage of the situation. Right. Which is what anybody that's smart would do. 
Austin versus McMahon, is that the best thing in your mind, Brian Fury, to come out of the Attitude Era? I mean, during the time, after a certain period of time, I was sick of it. But looking back on it now, like I like it a lot more looking back at it now than I did. I enjoyed a lot of the little aspects and certain things here and there, like starting with like Tyson and Austin's like, you're ruined it! <laughs> like, like, you know, like Vince is yelling at Austin. You're ruining it, Austin. I, I, I mean, another thing, like, I, I, and I actually had him as a separate thing, but we can roll into this. Was like even like the Stooges, the role of oh, they were great. Patterson, Briscoe, and Slaughter initially too. Like it was, it was, it was just, all his idea. Did you know that? It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so well done, though. Like just like these ass kissing glad handers, just trying to hold on. Like it was perfect, Mister Mac Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Fury, when do you think it turned? When did it go sour with Austin and McMahon? What was the what was the turning point? When it went officially like yeah. really bad? I mean, you think WrestleMania X seven when Austin just joined him at the end bullshit. For, for no reason whatsoever. Such bullshit. The Rock should have won that match. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when Austin just still says like almost every week in his podcast, the biggest regret of his career is not just turning and stunnering Vince right then. Uh, turning heel, yeah, turning heel in Houston, Texas. <laughs> yeah, and the heel turn never really worked. He was never like booed. I although I enjoyed a lot of the stuff he was doing at the time. That's when he was starting the the what's and starting the. Do you know who I am? My name is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bits like just anything to be annoying and try to get the people to dislike him, but it just didn't work. But because he was so goddamn entertaining, <laughs> the feud lasted like three years. It was long and drawn out, <laughs> and it was like almost a year before, probably over a year and a half before you got to that St. Valentine's Day Massacre, finally, with their first official match. <laughs> Paul White? The slow motion <laughs> the slow motion double bird from Vince in the middle of the ring. It all comes back to Paul White. And then Austin does the BMF climb back into the ring. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I guess Brian Malonis, before... We move on to Brian Fury. You have to give an honorable mention to your boy, The Rock, right? Of course. Well, I mean, the, the number one thing I had on my list, I didn't go there because you guys would have <laughs> called me a shill. I said anything anything that The Rock did. Anything. Anything The Rock did. So <laughs> tremendous. Look at him. He's the biggest star in the world. He is. He's he's planet Earth's alpha male. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Like, Brian Fury, can you name something that The Rock did that wasn't so great? He's the great one. What do you mean? Oh, excuse me. There's nothing in the attitude era that he did. You put you put Mike Crockett's brain in a parakeet. Zing, flies backwards. <laughs> is that a Lou Albano thing? <laughs> no, that was a that was a rock line. He was talking well, about it was pain. Lou Albano line originally. He used it like weekly. Weekly. Yes. Well, Crockett <laughs> told them to remember every, every Lou Albano <laughs> promo there was. <laughs> so yes, everything with the Rock did. Brian Malone. Yes, everything. Five thousand dollars shirts. <laughs> No Roll Boulevard, Jabroni Drive. How about, how about Rudy Poo, Candy Ass? Love it. Come Love on. It. You don't like that? Boots to Asses. Love it. Uh, well, okay. It's okay. That was, a little <laughs> that was, that was that's, much that's, later. That's, past yeah, that's not Attitude Era. Yeah. Yeah. You like pancakes? <laughs> I certainly do. do you like, pancake your ass on out of here. Do you like strudel? <laughs> <laughs> I okay, do not. strudel I wasn't the biggest fan <laughs> of. But, um, you, you don't like the people strudel? Even the stuff he was doing when he was with the nation, like... Gives like Mark Henry and D'Lo and like Godfather the uh, the, the Rolex <laughs> yeah. watches and he gives he gives Farouk the uh, the signed picture of the Rock. <laughs> Some great stuff. All right, 
Brian Fury. You're talking about the great stuff. Now I want you to close it out. All right, here we with go. With something bad or multiple things. Let's round right, out your let's list. Just, let's, 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 just, let's just run down with, the whole with, deal. With my last big one for bad. Okay. And maybe nobody on earth will really agree with me on this, but the Attitude Era was nothing but catchphrases. <laughs> That's all it was. Every single person did the exact same thing every match. They'd walk down to the ring. They'd grab the microphone. They'd say whatever their catchphrase is in some dumb line, and then they'd wrestle a bad match that was half the time in the amount they were talking on the microphone before the match. And the next match, the same thing would happen, whether it was The Godfather, Val Venus, The Rock, Road Dog, Everybody grabbed the mic, said some trash, and then just wrestled. It was terrible, miserable, stupid. That was probably a big reason why I didn't like Miz for the longest time, because he is an exact replica of someone from the Attitude Era just put into wrestling nowadays. You liked Enzo, though, right? Uh, what did he sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I forget. It's, it's been so long. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's, uh, Come on. If, like, if, Brian, uh, if Brian Fury, if there was two Brian Furies, what would you call him? We'll go here. Copper. 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 <laughs> it's back. <laughs> I'm glad I could get that out of him. <laughs> Brian Malonis, what do you think about catchphrases? The Attitude Era. Well, you were you were a uh, a spry young thing. You were enjoying it. You were loving it all. Yeah, weren't you? There wasn't a couple old fucks like the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I was loving it. I don't I don't hate it. And I and I kind of look at it now as. You know, it, it, I mean, I guess the 80s were really a catalyst, too. But merchandising, I think, really took off in, in the, during the Attitude Era. That's where it went from, like, traditional wrestling things, T-shirts and things of that nature, to, I mean, everything was was merchandised, you know, at that point. So, which, which by the way, speaking of merchandising, I was recently in FYE, and I, and I saw, like, popsicle molds or something. Or, like, maybe they have popsicle molds and, like, makers from the New Day. But I think that type of stuff started in the Attitude Era where they would put their branding on everything. And I think the catchphrases are, are part of that. Two tears in a bucket. <laughs> You're not down with that? Get two words for you. Light a fatty for this pimp daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I came. <laughs> I Hell of the ladies. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of them. Plenty of them. Terrible. The kids seem to enjoy them, though. Kids seem to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm sure they did. Check into the uh, SmackDown Hotel. Yes. Do you know where that is, Mike? Where is that? <laughs> it's on the corner of uh, Know Your Old Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. Those don't exist, though. How do you know? I've never seen them before. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad that we can at least enlighten Brian Fury that there's some good, and he himself will admit that there's some good things of the Attitude Era. But you would say, as I do about ECW, a net negative on the professional wrestling business. Yeah, editor is terrible. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> Net terrible. All right. Again, like for me, when I go back and watch wrestling, I go back and I watch matches. I don't go back and watch promos. I don't go back and watch, you know, like backstage segments. Pop on the network to watch something old. I want to watch a match. And there's nothing from them that, that I can watch. Yeah, that is. You bring that up. Let us know out there at the WPA on a Twitter or uh, Brian Fury himself. He is at X Brian X Fury X, the worst Twitter handle on the Twitter. Uh, let us know. Speaking of what, haters, huh? Yeah, I know. What is a what good? <laughs> what is the good attitude era match? Point it out to us. Let us know on Twitter, please. Still waiting. Tell us. 
and uh, another way to do so, give us feedback, use the voicemail line. 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Be a part of the show. Call the voicemail line. We will play your voice on our podcast. 401-584-9726. And Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. You should check that out as well with Mike Mills. And uh, he is at mikemills.podbean.com. And it has been released Brian Malonis for his patrons oh. our special episode that I did with Mike Mills reviewing an episode of Total Divas. Oh, you had to watch Total Divas? Yes. And we wow. talked about it for like an hour and a half. Of course. <laughs> you love reality shows. This makes perfect sense. Right up your alley. It's perfect. You, should, you and him should do a, uh, a weekly podcast on it for this season for the uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella breakup. Yeah, that's uh, quite sad. I don't know if I can bring myself to be a part of that. <laughs> but check it out. If you are a patron for Booking the Territory, you can hear it. Booking the Territory, mikemills.podbean.com. Beyond that episode, they do two episodes weekly on Mondays and Thursdays. Be sure to check it out. And another one you need to take a listen to is Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Each and every Monday, listen to Joe Morata and Michael Quinn break down the world of retro wrestling and uh, don't forget pw peter winston from greetings from allentown he is i'm sure uh currently agonizing over the bruins but when he's not doing that he is agonizing over his own podcast and painstakingly putting that thing together it is very well done make sure to check out greetings from allentown wherever you get your podcasts and the rundown wrestling podcast with jason stewart make sure to check them out they got stuff going on all week on that feed at rundown wrestling on twitter for that and plus a special shout out to the limitless wrestling podcast randy carver a longtime supporter of this podcast he likes to put us over on the new limitless wrestling podcast and we thank him very much check out limitless wrestling and check out the limitless wrestling podcast wherever you get your podcasts okay guys Finally, it's time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Brian Destined for All In? Keep pushing it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be there. No, no, not you, you, Brian, the other other Brian. Will you be there? No. Okay. Uh, Not booked. Crack it. You actually might have a better chance than the Kingpin of getting Very booked. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but we're not gonna. We're holding on hope still, right, Kingpin? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get booked as a podcast, and uh, you can get in that way. Do Ra- like a do like a run in radio row. What do I start charging you a, a, an appearance fee to do this podcast with you? Who, who me? You charge me? Yes. Oh my goodness! I'm a big fucking star. <sighs> you know what else is big? BDA Radio. Dot com. The most unique commentary on mixed martial arts. I got arts. something big for you. <laughs> <laughs> the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Get all into the content at BDARadio.com. Okay, guys. Promo about nothing time. The year? Just 10 years ago, 2008. So you didn't go Attitude Era with this? No, I didn't. Because all the promos were excellent <laughs> in the Attitude Era, my friend. No continuity. So 
we just talked about MMA. Uh, it's a big part of BDARadio.com. And I am going to uh, break tradition here and show you a promo from the world of mixed martial arts. Wait, what? Yes. This was from the Vengeance Fighting Championship, which is not a very long-running uh, promotion. The VFC. The VFC. And Jeff Munson is the gentleman's name who cuts Ooh. a promo on his opponent, Mark Kerr, for this week's wait, promo. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, yes. hold on. This guy's name is Marker? Mark Kerr. Yes. Okay. I think these guys might have both went on to UFC. I know Jeff Monson did at least. Or I think there was UFC before, and then this is kind of Ah, the tail end. So let's check out Jeff Monson in this week's promo about nothing. A couple of guys in the indies still just making a payday. (laughs) Jeff Monson here. You like watching people get fucked for free? Watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it right there. Can we rewind that? <laughs> let's take a little listen. Maybe you didn't hear that right. Maybe you didn't hear that right. Let's let's take a little listen. Jeff Monson. Jeff Monson here. You like watching people get fucked for free? No, we heard it right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Where do you go from here? <laughs> let's continue. Watch me fuck up Mark Kerr for free on DonKingTV.com live Saturday, September 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. DonKingTV.com. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to put these hands right around his face and beat his ass. You watch this live for free. DonKingTV.com. Where do we, where do we watch that? <laughs> I think it's DonKingTV.com, Brian. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. You know what's really amazing about that? If you're watching the video, there's like three different cuts in there. Yes. So that was like three different promos like edited together to get yeah, there's no there's no doubt. It was yeah. like a Steve Blackman match. Twenty four seconds of gold. Do <laughs> <laughs> I like watch people get fucked for free? As a matter of fact. Take those hands, <laughs> stick them around his face. Around his face. And then kick his ass. Yeah. That's wanna get these hands? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, people. People get fucked for free. He was he was like ahead of the game here in 2008. People were still paying for it back then, weren't they? In 2008, <laughs> maybe you. Well, <laughs> you knew where to go, right? You were dumbing on LimeWire. You were getting the <laughs> yeah. If you were smart, yeah, <laughs> getting all the good stuff. You were probably knowing your 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 nervous Nelly self. You were probably like nervous, like the cops are going to bust down your door when your pants are on your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't think what a great visual it is. <laughs> I don't really think Don King cared how the promo went as long as he said Don King as many times as possible. <laughs> he said and they said cut. He said print it. Let's go. Well, actually, let's slice these three or four different promos together. Let's go. So I think you guys realize why I went with this promo because it's pro wrestling style and uh, it's good. <laughs> it has the Attitude Era flavor to it. It might be 2008, <laughs> right. but it is Attitude Era through and through. Come on. Have you ever heard Have you ever heard Todd Sinclair? Swearing in pro wrestling makes him sad. Really? Yes. It's a catchphrase. <laughs> That's his catchphrase going <laughs> in his shirt. It's very unnecessary, but I, yeah. I mean, this promo <laughs> Just going to watch old. a Catholic wrestling promo these days. Uh, <laughs> what? No, I, very angry. A couple of the promos leading up to Cold Fury. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, goodness gracious. 
All right. Well, uh, let me give you the postscript here. Jeff Monson defeated Mark Kerr. Yes, Mark Kerr. <laughs> By submission, 317 of round one. Oh, man. So he, one second earlier. So well, he didn't lie. <laughs> he, he fucked lie. him. <laughs> How much did that cost? What? It was free. Oh, it was free. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, did you notice the, the 317 he talked about? It's only one off. (laughs) Not bad, Brian Fury. Still just picturing Crockett with his pants around his ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't want to picture that? A little pecker in his hand. (laughs) Oh, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Big pecker. (laughs) Okay. Got a snort there. (laughs) Second postscript. DonKingTV.com no longer in service. Oh, shocking. That's a shame. So you've heard this promo on that thing. Yeah, go see the full picture. Don, Don King, one of the biggest dirtbags in the history of Earth. Is he in jail? Where, 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 he what should to him? be if he's not. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him either. <laughs> uh, yeah, go check out the video. See the three cuts and see him talking about getting fucked for free or fucking someone free, I should say. Check the video out in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Brian Malonis, you're hitting the highways and byways. Chris Cross, this is Green Age Tavares, playing your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. Yeah, I got a big weekend, Mike, as we talked about earlier. I'm returning to a city that's very near and dear to my heart and, and, and my pro wrestling career, and that is Lowell, Massachusetts for Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds. Pay attention to what I'm I saying. I think I just Mike. drank your water. It's <laughs> not my water. Oh, who's it? That's. I don't know. Okay, uh, sorry. What's wrong with it? Wait a minute. Somebody else is and you're okay with it, but it's mine. You're ready to like, right. go off. It's, it's Brian's uh, fiance's, so that's quite all right. Huh. Ooh la la. Huh. Mm-hmm. Can I continue with my dates I'm here? sorry. Yes. Thank you. I, the I, I'm talking about returning home as a conquering hero this Wednesday night, and, and, you're, and you're worried about drinking somebody else's water. I'll see you there, Kingpin. Well, I know you're not paying to be there, so... <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and if anyone else is there, uh, any wrestling podcasts about nothing listeners coming to the show Wednesday, Lowell Memorial Auditorium, check it out. I think John Morse is going to be there for sure. Go bug Mike. And then, and there's no chance he sees, he sees my match unless I'm on like the first three matches. Because <laughs> I'm sure he'll have some sort of task he has to complete before the end of the oh, night. Oh, come on now. I, I'm, uh, I come and go of my own volition. Oh, please. We know that's not true. But anyways, what's the belt time for that? You had to put you me know? on the spot. It's <laughs> if you don't seven, know, you don't know. 7.30. Okay. 7.30 bell time. See you there? Uh, good chance, yes. All right. We'll but hang out. That is War we'll of the R- for ticket information. Tickets are still available, but uh, have heard that they are selling well, so you might want to grab some tickets to that. Uh, lots of big names on the on the, uh, on the the card, so uh, check out Ring of Honor social media. They've been announcing things like crazy. Brian Lotus versus Jushin Liger. I'm calling <laughs> it right now. Yeah? No? You think? What? <laughs> Anyways. Stop! I was kidding about Jushin Lager, but this one is actually true. It is taking place at War of the Worlds this Wednesday for Ring of Honor. Six-man tag team match. The world television champ Silas Young teams with Beer City Bruiser and your pal and mine, Kingpin Brian Malonis, to face Los Ingobernables de Japón. IWGP heavyweight tag team champions Evil Ensenada teaming with Tatsuya Naito. Six-man tag team match. It is Young, Bruiser, and your pal Malonis versus Los Ingobernables de Japón this Wednesday. Go to ROHWrestling.com for tickets. It's never happened before. Probably will never happen again. See it this Wednesday, and I will see you there. This <laughs> Sunday, I'll be heading to Chicago, Illinois. Windy no? Chi-Town. No pop? 
Nothing there? Chi-Town. <laughs> for, for the last leg Second of, City. of the War of the Worlds tour for Ring of Honor's International TV taping. I'll be in the house, as they say. Stay with the big shoulders. Yes. And then I only got one other date for May, Mike. Really? That. Yeah. Just the 26th. I'll be heading to Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Newburyport, oh. Massachusetts. Right, I like that. Taking on the unequaled one, Todd Sopel. Many are better, but nobody's equal. There you go. So, <laughs> check out Wrestling.com and uh, APW's social media for ticket and card information. Uh, and then, Mike, uh, yes. we'll throw a June date in there. Oh. June 2nd. I'll be heading to June the June 1st. Team. June 1st. But oh. I'll do, but I'll do, I'll do that date as well. Thank you, buddy. June 1st, uh, <laughs> Chaotic Wrestling's Chaotic Countdown. I'm not looking on my phone. Cut me some <laughs> slack here. Uh, I'll be looking to win my second consecutive Chaotic Countdown Perfect. Uh, with Mick Foley in the house. There you WWE go. WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley. And then the next day, I will be heading to the big city, New York City, Hammerstein Ballroom for Ring of Honor's International TV taping. Excellent. Can you Brian, some spoilers for that? <laughs> no spoilers. I sure hope so. <laughs> Brian Fury, you're uh, not quite hitting the highways and byways. You're not quite crisscrossing this great nation of ours. You're crisscrossing uh, Massachusetts and New Valley. Hampshire. <laughs> yes. And uh, you got dates. I right? do. Three dates to spit out here right now. There May 17th. Thursday night, Woburn, Massachusetts, Chaotic Wrestling. Thursday night, Chaos, JT Dunn defends the title against the returning Elia Markopoulos. Should be a big matchup, as well as some other things we're going to be announcing. And then Monday, May 28th, Memorial Day. What? That is my birthday. Oh. Everybody, remember that. Send me some good stuff. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. How about this? Take the day off work. Paid. That's nice. My birthday. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Appreciate <laughs> it. So probably a casino trip at some point in time that weekend. Ooh. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, of course, June 1st, Lowell, Massachusetts, the chaotic countdown. Brian Malonis will be in attendance as well as WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley. Tickets are available already at chaoticwrestling.com, as well as special meet-and-greet options and packages and all kinds of different things there. So go to chaoticwrestling.com. Oh, I haven't seen the meet-and-greet uh, package announced yeah. for me yet. You'll have to fill me in on what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, please go buy some tickets for that and uh, come enjoy and support independent wrestling. chaoticwrestling.com and neprowrestling.com for the out-of-date website for the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. The website works just fine. It serves its purpose. As well as the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. How's the school going? Very well. Busy. You, you got lots of uh, lots of potential. Future there. prospects. Oh yeah, decent amount of kids there. It's good. Keeps me busy. Keeps me on my toes. Makes me want to pull my whatever's left of my hair out of my head here and there. But yeah, doing its thing. Number one prospect right now. Like that hasn't really broken out yet. Yeah. Uh, I'd say D.L. Hurst. I would agree. There you go. I would agree. He, he, he's very Kurt Hawkins-like to me. You could say that. The look, anyway. You could say that. He's a good kid, too. I, I had, I had a uh, situation on Sunday where I had to, this past Sunday, I, don't know, I guess maybe it's two Sundays ago at this point. Yeah. I don't know. At the recent <laughs> Beyond Wrestling show I was supposed to appear at, I was there, and then I had to leave. Uh, I had a bit of a family situation, but uh, I understand was, that. DL, DL Hurst was <laughs> a good kid and uh, offered to bring uh, my good friend, my tag team partner, uh, my life partner, Cam Zagami, uh, home for me, so... That's very nice. nice. Very nice of him. Well, that's good. Good kid. Good kid. 
Good kid. And uh, yeah, so check out the New England Pro Wrestling Academy if that is uh, your path, if you want to become a yeah. professional wrestler. Mike, unless I'm here, so I went on a road trip recently with, with Cam Zagami, Rich Palladino, and uh, who the hell was our fourth? Why can't I remember? Went to Phil- oh, Kevin Quinn. You went to Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, so we were very tired on the way home. And you know what got us through, Mike? You know what energized us? You know what got us <laughs> fired up and singing our hearts out? The wrestling podcast. Oh, he's no. singing? Yes. Oh. Air Supply. Oh, uh, there you go. Huh? I know nothing at all. There you go. <laughs> singing our hearts out. Well, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, we're all out of love, and we're all out of, we're all out of podcast here. And we're definitely oh. low on air supply, thanks yes. to you <laughs> turning everything off in here. Well, you can't have the AC on there, Brian Fury. It's just uh, too much oh, noise. Oh, you wrap this fucking show okay, up Okay, we'll, we'll be back next Monday for episode 108 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Thank you very much to Brian Fury. He is at X Brian X Fury X and all of his stuff. Check him out. Let us know what's going on. We'll see you, I'm sure, soon as the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. But uh, till next time. <laughs> we, we Alongside me when Crockett quits when his kid's born. <laughs> till next time. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. <laughs>